Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Ward and today's guest is Antonio Michel Zaccheo. And Antonio's family owns the Carpinetto Winery in Chianti Classico. There are two families, in fact. That's right. So back in 1967, there were two families that started uh, Carpinetto in Dudda, a little hamlet uh, just uh, on the other side of the hill of uh, Greve and Chianti. And these families are the Sacchet family, and the original founder was Giancarlo Sacchet. So Sacchet is S-A-C-C-H-E-T? Exactly. And it's a name from uh, the province of uh, Belluno. So he's a, a Veneto origin mm-hmm. and uh, and then the other family is uh, Zaccheo which is my family and my father was actually born in Bari in so, Puglia in Puglia so it's interesting that uh, wine brought together two guys from the two extremities of Italy met in the middle to make a uh, Chianti Classico so what made um, so why did they decide to move to Chianti Classico to create this business in Chianti Classico well, probably a good, uh, a good deal of insanity because uh, back then, you know, Chianti as a category was a good category, but it was, uh, you know, not far from a, a table wine uh, back then. So and just like a basic, you mean a, a basic wine? A basic wine, an everyday wine produced also in large quantities and uh, often produced in the famous, uh, you know, straw-covered uh, bottles called Fiasco. Mm-hmm. And the two young uh, whippersnappers uh, at that time, they were in the early 20s, they uh, said, ah, Fiasco is that a description of uh, the bottle itself or is it that's a description of the content? Because certainly the wine was uh, not an exciting wine back then. And so, you know, my father comes from uh, a winemaking background, same with Giancarlo Sacchet. And so they said, hey, we, I think we can do better than candle holder wine here. We can do a good job. Candle holder wine. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a good one. I've heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, the fiasco in all the Italian restaurants around the world, you would have this beautiful structure covered the bottle with a nice candle in it and that was uh, that was the the second life of a bottle so what did they do to change was it about branding was it about vineyard work and winemaking it was both it was winemaking certainly but uh, also also you know hard work in the vineyards because uh, back then you know those uh, I remember as a kid walking around uh, the vineyards and seeing huge basketballs of fruit hanging from the wire you know kilos and kilos and kilos of fruit per plant and of course you know we were harvesting much later than too also because well climate has changed somewhat but uh, certainly also because you know the, the vine just struggled to har- to ripen you know five seven kilos of fruit per vine. Now, you know, we are uh, in in some of our vineyards in Vino Nobile, for example, we are balancing down to one kilo of fruit per vine, one bottle per vine. Where in Tuscany does the Carpinetto business now have vineyards apart from Chianti Classico? Uh, We actually have uh, grown to uh, run about uh, 500 uh, hectares of sustainably farmed uh, land. And of course, from Chianti Classico, we soon thereafter acquired another estate on the other side of the hill in Gaville, uh, which is is uh, just in the Alta Valdarno appellation. So that's just north of the Chianti Classico, north east, isn't uh, it, of the yeah, Chianti Classico? No, it would be, yeah, it would be straight, basically straight east, yeah, straight mm-hmm. east, just on the other side of the hill. Mm-hmm. And um, also very good area. That's where we uh, have a, an olive grove, like, you know, every winery has several olive groves, woods, and then that's where we started experimenting with Super Tuscans in, uh, in the 70s. So for us, that was a very important piece of land. 
So outside of Tuscany? Oh, sorry, you got other vineyards in Tuscany. So you mentioned, is it Brunello and Vino Nobile? Yeah, that's exactly right. Then uh, we have one in Brunello, we have one in Vino Nobile, and one in Maremma. Right, okay, so, so Maremma is on the Tuscan coast. So in Brunello, what, where are your vines? So our, our vines in Montalcino <coughs> are, if you look directly west towards the, uh, towards the sea coast, uh, we are, as the crow flies, at the same height as uh, Montalcino at about two kilometers, so one and a half miles. Right, okay. And uh, at the same height, so 500 meters in elevation, surrounded by woods, we have these 10 hectares of uh, Brunello, which are actually north-facing. So we are in a very cool microclimate, making essentially a mountain Brunello, which is a new category. So how, are you, how high are you in uh, Chianti Classico? In Chianti Classico, we are in, uh, in Dudda, and that's uh, a little over 300 meters. Okay. So we are lower uh, there, although we are uh, towards the bottom of the valley, and so actually we have a very good temperature excursions there. Okay, day and night temperature. What about in the Maremma? Where are you in the Maremma? In the Maremma, coast? we are near the little town of Gavorano. Okay, so, I know Gavarana. That's quite a hot spot, isn't it, for it's a good entrepreneurial investment winery building, yeah? It's a good spot. I mean, it's very fertile soil. It is. Uh, it has a very long growing season, and the influence of the, of the ocean makes it for very nice, ripe, beautiful uh, reds and beautiful, um, you know, Vermentino. That's another great uh, up-and-coming, I think, uh, varietal. So where are you, how far are you from the coast there in Gavarana? We are 10 kilometers as the crow flies. Right, so not yeah. too close, but not too far away. Right. And we're right behind, the, right behind the, um, a little ridge, you know. So, uh, you know, we are basically at sea level, and this ridge is maybe 150 meters. So we're a little bit protected, but we still feel the influence uh, without getting the humidity okay. uh, from the coast. So that's um, the Tuscan vineyards. What about outside yeah. Tuscany? Do you own any vineyards? No, we are, and that's not even in the plan, because we are, although we're, our DNA is not Tuscan, we have uh, certainly fallen in love with Sangiovese. That's our passion. Eh, it ranges. It uh, it's it moves towards obsession. What about, in, what about in Vino Nobile as well? Do you have so, any vineyards there? Yeah. So in Vino Nobile, actually, is our largest vineyard holding. So the estate is 186 hectares, uh, of which uh, about 100 are planted uh, to vineyards. And what's it called, the estate? Uh, it's called uh, Carpineto. So all of our the one thing about Carpineto is that every one of our estates, so every one of our 30 wines that we make and olive oil are called Carpineto. Keeps, you know? keeps yeah. it simple. Keeps it simple because, uh, you know, brand building is such a complex exercise now nowadays and, and we know that there are so many uh, wine brands today, so we just keep one brand for everything. It makes it a little difficult for the guides sometimes because uh, they don't know where to put us. They have to put us in a different category, just Tuscany. Okay. That's our specialty. Okay. In Vino Nobile, <laughs> I wanted to say, on that estate, we have 80 hectares dry-farmed hillside vineyards planted to very high density, uh-huh. up to 8,630 vines per hectare. And the contiguous, it is the uh, biggest contiguous high-density vineyard in Italy, 80 hectares. So that must have cost an awful lot of money to plant, 8,000 vines per hectare. It's uh, it's taken us uh, 20 years to assemble, and we're still not done. We, you know, we, we would have had more but we don't have uh, we don't have the planting rights. You know, in Europe, uh, we have these kind of headaches nowadays, planting rights. So what's the difference in terms of terroir and ripening between, say, Chianti Classico, Vino Nobile, which is a little bit further inland, and then Montalcino, which is always said to be a little bit warmer? Yes, so uh, for us, actually, Chianti Classico is, uh, we are at 300 meters, it's all galestro soil, so, you know, we're, they're low cropping vines. We will ripen, uh, you know, the Sangiovese there actually ripens uh, almost about at the same 
time as Vinonobile. Even though it is warmer, but it is deeper soil, all uh, clay, and so, you know, fresher soil has got a little more power. In Vinonobile. In Vinonobile, and so, actually, we are harvesting more or less at the same time. Because Montalcino, our estate, is a mountain estate, well, you know, we harvest that one last. It is, uh, on average, Montalcino is uh, warmer, perhaps if you're on the lower edges of uh, the Appalachian, but us being probably the highest vineyard in the in the area, well, we are uh, one of the last ones, uh, plus uh, being uh, uh, northerly facing, yeah. we're harvesting that one last. So that will be, what, a couple of weeks later than the Vino Nobili and Chianti vines? Yeah, right? yeah, I would say, I would say on average, yeah. And the Maremma is the first area to ride. Maremma with the Vermentino, uh, yeah, it comes first. And we also have a little Merlot there, then that also is a precocious uh, variety that comes uh, that comes first. But in Vironobile, we also have other whites like Chardonnay and Sauvignon that also come relatively quickly. And then we have Grechetto, and that's the last white wine that uh, we harvest. Also known as Pulcinculo, yeah? Exactly. Do you want to <laughs> explain the name? Just for anybody that doesn't know. Yeah, Pulcinculo is, uh, well, I don't know if you can say that. Over yeah, say it, it's okay. <laughs> we have a very grown-up audience here. <laughs> well, it's actually fleas, uh, you know. Uh, Where, though? Uh, yeah, 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 in your back end. So. In your arse, flea in your arse. Okay, <laughs> that's the name. And why, why is it called, why is the grape called that, like having a flea in your arse? Because? Well, because it has those little dots, right? And uh, A little black dot at the bottom of the berry. Exactly. But uh, it's not a very inspiring uh, name if you translate it like that. The, the grape is actually quite wonderful. Though, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Now, I'll ask you one last question about um, global markets. Mm. Um, what are the trends that you see, given you've got a large palette of wines to sell, particularly red wines? How do you see things moving in the future for Italian wine in general and your red wines in particular? Well, for us, we're seeing, actually, after much experimentation, and uh, the um, education of, say, the, the world consumer in improving, uh, we're seeing a return to the classics. So, you know, for us, Chianti Classico, Vinonabile, Brunello, there is a demand coming back to that because, you know, it's been fun uh, experimenting with all the wines, with all the creative labels and creative closures and everything so fun and blends and this and that and the other. So you're talking about Super but, Tuscans, the sort of Bordeaux-Tuscan hybrids? There's a demand for that still, <coughs> but I'm talking about, you know, the original Tuscan wines like Chianti Classico, Villanobile, Brunello. Those wines are coming back into demand because as the consumer experiments around the world, you know, eventually they want to taste what uh, a classic wine tastes like. So they want to try a good Bordeaux. They want to try a good Burgundy. They want to try. They don't want to drink just sparkling wine. They want to have a champagne. They don't want to drink a Riesling. They want something, you know, from uh, the Rheingau or you know the, uh, uh, the original. They want to try the original. And so we're seeing that trend strengthening and that of course plays to our hand because you know in Tuscany we are very traditional sometimes even too much but if you restyled the wines a bit to make them a little bit softer that has been a trend recently hasn't it in red wine some of the you know Tuscan reds were often seen as being a little bit austere taking yeah. taking their time to come round and people often showed less patience for the Chianti wines than they did for say Bordeaux maybe because of the yeah. more famous name if you know but how are you yeah. what about wine styling no uh, the uh, success of Carpinedo has always been you know having 
been already from the get-go so, sort of walking the line between classic and modern, you know, without being too modern, too ripe, too oaky. Eh? So always walking that fine line. So, and how do you do that? You do that by having really good fruit. If you deliver good fruit, good ripe fruit to the winery, well, then you're making good wine. You know, in a ripe, you know, you're not having the austere edges, you're not having the bitter tannins, you're not having the acidity that, uh, you know, the big basketballs of fruit that we talked about, you know, that we talked about <laughs> earlier. That's a great yeah. one. Big basketballs of fruit. I've heard that one before. Well, that's uh, that's how it was back then, you know. And, uh, and you know, as now, now we're living one cluster per shoot, we're doing, you know, wild stuff compared to how things were 50 years ago. Okay. Antonio Miquel Zaccheo, thanks very much. Uh, junior, I've just seen the junior on the bottom of your business card. Yeah, I guess that is right. So let me just, I'm not going to do the junior because we didn't do that at the beginning. So, uh, I'm not a junior anyways. That's only, that, uh, that's not on my passport. Okay. It's just to differentiate from my father, who's also Antonio Zaccheo. Okay, but right. what was his middle name then? Mario. Ah, right, yeah. okay. And my son, guess what his name is? It's going to be called Antonio Matteo Zaccheo. <laughs> no, is that right? No, uh, Antonio, close, Antonio Robert Zaccheo. Okay, we got rid of the M's. Okay, my real name is Matthew, actually, so Matteo. Ah, very good. Yeah, so I just want to say thanks to Antonio Miquel Zaccheo Jr. from the Carbonetto Winery. So you're second generation, yeah? Second generation, yes. I wish you and your family every success, or both families, I should say, at Carbonetto every success in the future, and I hope um, we can touch base again in the future, you and me, and talk a bit more about Tuscan wine. Grazie, salute. Grazie mille. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.